0: Welcome to Everyday People podcast with me, Nyung Bo. I'm your everyday person whose mission is to give everyday people a platform to share their incredible story, learnings and life tools to inspire you to dream and live your best life. I believe that you don't have to be famous, turn over a million plus a year, have lots of degrees or be in a high position to have something powerful to share and leave a positive impact in your community. I believe the only prerequisite is that you are being you and you are living the amazing life that is meant to be for you. That is enough to inspire me to go live my best life. Will you join me on this journey of sharing, learning and living alongside everyday people? One person who has helped me shift my life around is my life coach, Nicole Lorden. I'm so excited to share her wisdom with you today. On my own, I had picked up self-care habits such as journaling and yoga. However, I knew I had to more sustainably create a better and healthier life for myself. Back to Nicole. She has been in the well-being space for over 20 years in Switzerland, Ireland, London and now Australia. Nicole currently works as a coach and trainer for both corporate and independent clients in a gorgeous suburb called Seddon. She is a very warm person who has great energy, but is also very practical and real. Nicole has lived a colourful life and continues to by juggling working for herself, being a mum to two boys, wife to a construction manager, friend to many across the world and being an active community member. So my first question for you, going back to Switzerland where you grew up, tell us about how you ended up in the well-being space.
1: The career I chose after school was business. So I have a degree in business studies. And after a short while working in business, I felt quite uninspired. And I was looking to do something that I probably like a little bit more, I have more passion about, and that felt more aligned with my values as well. So I started to look around and I found... This course is called a wellness trainer. It was a two-year course. That was the start. How old Plan were you DGC. then? I was in my late 20s. So in, in my 20s, I worked in different jobs in business, but I also loved traveling. And at some stage, I ran out of money to travel around. So became a flight attendant for two years. During that time, I suppose I had a lot of time to think because we had a lot of time off. And I saw this course. In Switzerland. In Switzerland, yes, for two years. We covered everything from nutrition, healthy nutrition, sports nutrition, but also all sorts of relaxation and stress management. And mind you, that was the time before mindfulness and yoga was a buzzword. It was all about mental training relaxation, like autogenic training, progressive muscle relaxation, but also fitness. So we covered these three, relaxation, the body, and spirit.
0: Just going back to when you decided to do this course, where did the inspiration come from?
1: I think one thing was I always had back pain when I was young, and I also played a lot of sport. I played in the National League in volleyball, and I had a few injuries and pains, and I didn't quite know how to manage or didn't have the knowledge. And I was looking for answers. I was 19 when I did my first massage course, just learning about muscles and what it is that I can do, not just going to a therapist. I was always interested in what's my role in this. Also, at this stage, I was in a relationship with a fabulous man who got sick, who got cancer. So all this triggered probably my thinking about what is it that I can contribute. But I think the biggest thing was I always knew it was down to mindset, even then, because I knew people who had a lot. They weren't quite or always happier than people who who hadn't. Because And I got to travel to countries like the Congo in Africa. You know, I've, I was there at the time, still neutral, traveled to every country, even war countries. And it always was something in my mind. Why do some people around the world, why do they have such happiness in their heart and then there's other people maybe in a privileged country that I grew up in like Switzerland they have everything and every opportunity and they're not happier so I thought a lot about that as well at that stage. I would say
0: I experienced the same when I go back to my mum and dad's village in Vietnam and they don't have much at all it's a very under-resourced area yet there's so much joy in the village and it makes me question as well you know why are they so happy is it because they live a simpler life they don't chase as much things yeah that's one great thing about seeing the world and seeing how other people live it really makes you have a better perspective
1: absolutely yeah knowing that happiness is a choice and in coaching we always say it's not about the resources it's about resourcefulness so if you have that then you can virtually achieve anything you want
0: How did you combine your work with traveling and living in several different countries?
1: I suppose with the traveling, I just had breaks and came back to it. So after my wellness trainer, going back to that, the one thing that I was extremely fascinated by was the complementary therapies. So after two years of wellness trainer, I went to study all sorts of complementary and physical therapies for another two, three years. I... Really enjoyed it and I saw how much pains you can take away from people's bodies or how you can support them on their journey to get better. The school that I studied, they offered me a job to teach and they also then offered me a branch. They had three branches in Switzerland, so I was running that branch for three years. That was really fascinating because we had some of the best trainers in complementary therapies, naturopathy from Switzerland and Germany, And I learned a lot, going back to your question. (laughs) on, On another trip during that time to Thailand, I went to study Thai yoga massage and meditation and yoga in the mountains of northern Thailand. And I met my future husband in the same course. So that's probably the bridge to why did I move from Switzerland to London? Because that's the country where I went to after.
0: So how did you find out about this course in Thailand? Because there's so many courses out there.
1: I'm a little bit older than young. <laughs> <laughs> there was no internet at the time, or not as much. I read a travel magazine because that was Also one of my big passions was traveling and getting to know the different cultures. So I was reading a travel magazine and then I saw the Thai yoga massage because I was fascinated about, obviously we have Western culture, we have Eastern culture, especially in complementary therapies that we base our studies on. This is what I wanted to do. I wanted to study Thai yoga massage from people authentically. And I just packed up again and I left for three months. And funny enough, After I went to Australia, long before I knew I was gonna live here.
0: Oh wow. Mm. Did it full circle. (laughs) So tell us about how living and working in in different countries is like. Even in Melbourne, you know, being someone who was from Switzerland and then from London and you can speak German and German Swiss German, French,
1: some Italian and English. I was quite lucky at the time that I was already equipped with tools about my mindset. So moving country was definitely a big step, but I never felt so much out of place or didn't fit in. Um, I always knew it's up to me to make it work and to integrate myself into the environment and the community, not the other way. I'm not someone who sits at home to wait. Someone knocks on the door, invites me to something, I make it happen. I connect. I believe in connections. And curiosity and openness. So mm-hmm. having had that interest in different cultures and people in general, for me it was exciting. And I mean London, my two boys were born in London as well. So London is an exciting place to live. Who doesn't like London?
0: From Thailand you did that Thai massage course and then when you went to London what did you end up doing there?
1: I was six months pregnant by the time I moved so I didn't do that much professionally to be honest in the first year. My future husband we were married at the time he had a construction company so I helped out with paperwork and then I started looking into places where I could do complementary therapies but also I set up a place at home so I could work from home. My husband's Irish, living in London for over 20 years, so we had no family support when we had the babies wow. actually the time.
0: So what is it like being a businesswoman and what's your advice for people who want to start their own business?
1: Most women here are in business. <laughs> it is probably different if you start your own business. I love having my own business, to be honest, because I am quite honest with myself. The success of my business is clearly a reflection of me, what I put in and what I'm ready and willing to do or not to do. And tips to do it well is consistency, consistency that you communicate really based on your values. And so people figure out who you are and who who you clearly are, what you stand for, what it is you do. Boundaries is a very big one, especially when you have a family or you have a busy social life. You don't need to have kids in order to need that. So set clear boundaries, define them and learn to say no with grace mm. and learn to put yourself on the list as well. Practice some self-care. That's a really important one because if you're not functioning, the business won't function.
0: And you've given me that tip when I told you about my podcast. You said, "Young, remember to be consistent. Do a little bit each day. It's so easy to start something and then... I'm I'm too busy with this, I'm too busy with that. And then you lose track and the project needs to grow and you need to feed it daily.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Otherwise you lose momentum. Yeah, It's the same with change, obviously. You've got to be consistent. Another tip, have a morning routine. (laughs) So set yourself up for success every day. And get clear about visualize your your vision, your your future, your goals. Practice gratitude in your morning routine. Do some breathing exercises or yoga, whatever it is that you enjoy. And ideally, also something physical, like a walk. And another one is grow. Read a book. Read a book. You can learn something. Listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. And you can do that in 10 minutes, you know, doesn't have to be an hour. We know everyone's busy these days and we don't want to overwhelm people more because that's what's happening already.
0: And when you say 10 minutes, it just sounds way more achievable.
1: So are you still doing your morning routine? It, or? Yeah, it's
0: the morning routine, definitely, you've drilled it into my head that I need to do it. So lately I've been journaling in the morning and Beautiful. journaling helps me to remember, you know, the good things that happened the day before Or what are some things I want to make sure I get done today? And it's also very lovely to do it at a cafe on your own, have a cup of tea and just write. It's just very therapeutic. Well done. So you did bring something to share from your life coaching worksheets.
1: My coaching is very practical. I always make it very clear that I want people to have enough of tools So. I might never see them again. <laughs> That's my goal, really. Of course, I love checking in with my clients who have finished their coaching. But ideally, I'd like them to have enough of tools, techniques, handouts, clarity mostly, <laughs> and um, vision and sense of direction. So they, whenever they face a challenge again, whenever they face a struggle, a drainer, overwhelm, they know that can go back to their coaching folder. So one, it's been a popular one. It's just 20 powerful tips for success in life and business. i um, happy as well to email it to anyone. <laughs> just text Jung or contact her. So these are just some pointers towards living a successful life in personal and business. I can maybe pick some if you like. One big one is stop making excuses for the time to be right. So we often say we make our happiness conditional. You know, once I have a new job, I'm just going to be happier. Once I have a new relationship, everything's going to be fine. Once I live in my new place, I'm going to be so, so content. That's not how it works. Happiness is not conditional. We have to start now and just move slowly but consistently towards what it is we want to achieve. And everything else are just excuses because remember what I said earlier, it's about resourcefulness and not resources.
0: I remember you sharing that with me as well. You said it doesn't matter you go to another country. The things that you struggle with, it's still going to be there. You kind of made me realize that I can't run away from me. No, you
1: cannot. (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: But it's also something that I recently took on board as well when I decided I need to try and be more of a minimalist. And I was thinking, oh, this could be a good New Year's resolution. And I thought, but why can't I just do it now? Why do I have to wait till next year? So I like that, you know, we should start now.
1: Now is the time.
0: And if you start early, then you get a head start because it's going to take time. To be where you need to be, so it's better to start now than wait till you've got a new job, or wait till it's 2020, or wait till you've moved houses, like you yes. said.
1: Yes, and time is is an excuse a lot of people have. I don't have the time. Make the time. Prioritize it.
0: And sometimes when you don't make the time, you had a thought, and five years has gone by, and you haven't done anything. That's right. Yes. That happens so easily. Yes.
1: Oh, we all do it. You know that. Uh, still, me, I have all the tools. I still catch myself having excuses. I don't mean it that way. That We, we will probably never get to that point where we don't have to learn <laughs> mm. more and pull ourselves really to the side and say, okay, what are you doing here? But I think knowing it and being aware of it and being reminded is a good start. I'll happily share another one. It's, the topic is where focus goes, energy flows. Um, so really carefully choose what to focus on because we have so many distractions it's always been the case you know but at this stage with social media I think we're easily distracted we see so many shiny objects around us so carefully choose what you focus on and this is also something really important for you to remember because it trains the brain in a way when you do gratitude you focus on things that you're grateful for rather than things that don't go well in your life so that's part of the where focus goes, energy flows. So just really be mindful of that. If you had a day and you reflect on it in the evening, you can either focus on the things that went well or the focus on the things that didn't. And that will also then really have a big effect on your feelings, emotions and your thoughts and your behaviours and actions. So if you look back and you focus on the things that went well, it makes you feel much better and you generally go to bed more content and happier.
0: Yeah, so another morning ritual that I've been trying to do every morning is mantras. And definitely that is one of my mantras that I love that I got off you it really helps me to discard the negative thoughts and, you know, everyone has negative thoughts and really focus on that I believe that today is going to be a good day. And, you know, if something happened recently that made me feel unhappy, remember to not give it any more focus because I'm giving all my energy to that negative thought rather than thinking about what's coming up that's really exciting and bringing good energy into my surroundings.
1: Good. Well done. (laughs) It sticks. (laughs) I think when you practice it, it's like the thinking loop. When when you learn um, every event follows with a thought. And then the way we think is the way we feel. And the way we feel is the way we behave. And I think if we use that to start a positive thinking loop, we end up feeling and behaving and acting a lot better. One more. (laughs) This sounds like it's such a logical one, but... Is about vision and about clearly defined goals. So in order to move forward positively with more fulfillment, contentment and happiness, you have to have a clearly defined vision. And if we don't know where we want to go to, how can we define the steps that we have to take in between? Um, Sit down and really ask yourself what it is that I want, but also ask yourself, how do I want to feel so, get so clear about the result that you want to achieve. And if you put that first before you take action steps, you also come out of the circle of being reactive. That's what most people live their lives by, is reacting to demands that are made at work from their families, from their friends, even social media. They react, they react, they react. If you have no clear vision, that's what you do. But if you have a clear vision, clearly defined goals, that's a different story because you can choose. Then is this action now going to be bringing me more towards my vision or is it taking me away from it? And. These are really honest questions that we need to ask ourselves. So sit down and ask yourself, what is it that I really want? And how is it that I want to feel? Then define the action steps. It's much easier than the other way around.
0: Yeah, there's so much stuff going on. But if you have a vision, then you know what to say yes to and what to say no to. And be closer to who you want to be and where you want to be. And reacting gets very tiring, taxing. I it's think. taxing. And it takes you away from
1: fulfillment yeah. because you're not acting on behalf of your vision or your dreams, but also bringing your values there, of course. What is it you value most in life?
0: So... You've also brought in a book.
1: Are you brought in two? (laughs) Yeah, I brought in two. Yeah, so the first book is one that I picked up in Ireland by an Irish guy called Jason O'Callaghan. And it's called 29,000 Days. What will you do with yours? So looking at life, so 29,000 days, that is what we have by average in our lifetime. It's based on being 80 when we have to leave the lovely planet Earth. So it brings to perspective, if you want, every day counts and really choose carefully what you focus on if you want, which direction you're going. It's um, just a reality check. Because when you look at it that way, 29,000, that's what we have. If we're lucky enough, we can live to 80. It is 29,000 days and they're counting down every day. And I've done more than half (laughs) of those 20. I probably have a bit more than 10,000. And if I look at it that way, it always makes me wake up and really be careful with my thoughts, my actions, how I spend my time, who I spend my time with, what it is I do, because we're counting down every single day. So for me, this is this is a good book for that, yeah. <laughs> keeping me grounded but keeping me focused on my vision, but also on happiness and gratitude. So there is a list in there. I can maybe give a few samples of. It's about letting go and giving up, and he listed a few things. So I'll just read out a few. If Um, So give up your need to always be right. Let your ego go. Give up your need for control. Be yourself and let others be themselves. Give up blaming others for your day-to-day problems. Learn to accept your problems and start doing something about it. Give up complaining. Give up self-defeating talk. You have plans and things to do now. You can't afford the luxury of negative thoughts. And give up thinking too much. It's all right not to know all the answers. Give up on your fears. Don't fail to act because you're afraid to fail. Mistakes are just opportunities for learning and learning something new. So because sometimes I think in spirituality as well, we just go so deep. You know, We always look for meaning, for depth, and we need lists like that. Just give up, give up on this, give up on that, and just let it go. You don't need to think about it, you just need to do it.
0: Letting go is definitely something I've been practising this year as well, because when you hold on to expectations and wants it can cause tension and stress also something to check in on you know you're holding on to something too tightly that it's hurting you or that it's becoming unhealthy it's good to want things and have a vision and that but letting the universe kind of flow as well or letting things flow as well really helps to make the process more enjoyable and not such a checklist ticking yes thing
1: Yes, and trusting. I brought in another book. They're both not current books, but they've had a big impact on me. So the other one is The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton, which I think it's a must read for everyone interested in mindset or not. So Bruce Lipton is a cell biologist, but He wrote this book, The Biology of Belief, which is about the science of how thoughts control life. So it's about um, how everything affects your cells of your body and that affects your thoughts. And he does it really well in that book by being funny and refreshing and so everyone can understand it. But virtually it is how we think is who we are and how we feel. He brings in some facts from science which are always very good to understand and to know and epigenetics as well. But Bruce Lipton is one of the most passionate people <laughs> I have ever seen. You can Google him and there's many videos online. I had the pleasure to meet him in in London at a Hay House conference where he spoke and he's probably still on my list of they always ask if you had to bring allowed to have dinner with five people and <laughs> um, he's one of them because he is just so passionate
0: I would love to read that I like that mm. it's also funny when you're talking about how thoughts affects how we um, feel how we feel yes it just and really- how we
1: act yeah and behave
0: It just reminds me of when I was going tutoring with my friend back in high school and it was really cold. We were standing at the bus stop and we were so cold and we were like to each other, let's trick our brain and think that it's really hot so that we don't physically feel cold. And you know what? I think it works. Yes, Our mind is really powerful. Yeah, it's really powerful. But you also did the focus,
1: remember where focus goes energy flows. The best example with the where focus goes energy flows, you know how many cars drive into a lamp or a pole or something or a tree. There's nothing to see but there's one tree. And it is known that people have crashed into trees on a road and it's because they had their focus on it and that's where they drive towards. Why
0: are they focused on the tree?
1: Because there's nothing else to focus on, or they didn't choose what else to focus on. So it is really what you focus on is where your energy goes, and that's, as a result, that's how you feel.
0: Okay, so you might see a tree at the end of the road, and you notice it, so then you look at it and you're driving and you...
1: Yes, it's a known fact, and for a long time people were wondering why there's nothing there, why are they crashing into a tree? (laughs) It makes a little bit of
0: sense. So we're up to five quick questions. Okay. First one is, who is your greatest idol and why? One
1: is, I don't think it's a good thing when we idolise people, to be honest. I have people who have inspired me and probably people we know. Like one is Wayne Dyer, the way he speaks, the way he teaches and what he says. But also Louise Hay, she was my first a training that I did in the metaphysics I also had the pleasure to meet her actually in London and have tea with her when she was 85 and just to everything that I teach I felt they're doing <laughs> so those two definitely uh, big inspirations for me also I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins <laughs> Because no one does mindset as well as him. He, he is a force of nature, definitely. He's got so much clarity, but he combines it with a big heart. And I can clearly say after having read hundreds of books in the mindset area, he still has the language to explain what it is that we have to do focus on. He still has the best language and knowledge and the way he integrates the processes and how he extracts all the knowledge. Yeah, I've definitely have some inspirations and idols from my private life. Like my my dad is an inspiration definitely who as well who whose childhood wasn't inspiring, if you want, and not plentiful. And he had a very clear focus, what it is that he wanted to achieve. And even though people told him that was not possible, he still did. And he went on top in a company until he couldn't go higher up. And that was with a very clear focus. And I think it's nice to see people who really come from little, maybe, or not many opportunities, who choose. And that's what it is they do.
0: Wow. Thanks for sharing that. One daily ritual that you look forward to the most...
1: It's my morning routine. I know when I don't. So I mix it between priming. Priming is something that Tony Robbins made available to everyone. It, is, it starts with deep breath. When I moved to Australia, I suffered from asthma. So for me, it's important that I really bring as much um, oxygen into my body and brain as I can. And then it is a combination from gratitude things you're grateful for, one coincidence in life that happened, which will train you to trust in the process of life, a coincidence. I haven't heard of that. So you uh, think
0: of a coincidence. One
1: coincidence, like you met someone in a coffee shop and you ended up doing work together. So there's or, a
0: coincidence every day, you think?
1: Sometimes I think of the same one. But again, it makes you to trust in the process of life. And you know, you're guided. Life works out for you, not against you. Then it's also kind of a healing where you draw white light that is cleansing and empowering and strengthening and you also share it with the world because it's no good to keep it all for ourselves and at the end you visualize your three top goals in life kind of apply it to yourself a cl- um, white light drawing into yourself from the top of your head, empowering, strengthening, clearing. And then you also extend that to people in your community or family.
0: Because I know you've worked with community groups before. Oh. Is there any organisations that you want to bring awareness to?
1: Giving back is is important to me. There was one in in back in Ireland, actually. I did some work for care for carers. So there was people who were caring for someone. And they were given a day of complimentary therapy. And it's not probably my favorite, but it had a massive impact on me because some people, they care for someone 24 hours and they have no respite, no no time mm-hmm. on their own. Some like it took them half a minute to fully fall apart because they haven't really been away from it, been able to focus on themselves. They forget to tune in, how they feel. Um, so it was the carers, not the people that are being mm. cared for. And I just saw the big need for us to help out.
0: I quote, that sums up how you live your life.
1: One is, um, you only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. And then there's another one I can talk to you about, the meaning of it. It was actually said by Julia Roberts, so this is what they claim, is... If you virtually walk in purpose and act in purpose, you don't need to look for opportunities. Opportunities will find you. If you're aligned, again, if you're fully authentic, for me, if you're authentic, you speak like that, you act like that, you communicate like that. You're not chasing opportunities. They're finding you.
0: Wow. Stay authentic, everyone. All right, that's it. Thank you so much. You've just listened to the Everyday People podcast with Yongvo. You can find out more about Nicole on Facebook or Instagram at Nicole underscore Lorden. Listen to more episodes of the Everyday People podcast with inspiring everyday people on iTunes or Spotify.